The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Happy Thanksgiving and happy Brady Quinn football show. Uh, I'm not at my parents because traffic was too bad. I didn't want to be late for the podcast. Yeah. Pack up all the stuff, drive along. To, it's like two and a half hours to get to High Point for me. It's ridiculous. But you know who is at his parents' house? I'm at my mom's. Yeah, I'm at my mom's right now. So Ray, just, I, I, uh, I just realized I don't know your full name. I was going to say your full name. It's got to have a four in it, though. No, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Bradyopolis Quinn the fourth. Is that, is that no? No, I'm not even a junior. So oh, that's sad. Br- Braden Quinn. That's it. And Wait, uh, you, don't, you don't have a middle name? Uh, Tyler. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I actually know. Um. Uh, I have a I have a uh, a buddy of mine who doesn't have a middle name. It's kind of crazy. And he's a fourth. That's too. weird. That's just lazy. His younger brother has five names. And his older brother is named Angus. Two on that. That's pretty sweet. I mean, it's also good beef, but yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, just like Kobe, RIP, Kobe. Um, I don't know. There's no telling where this episode could go. Yeah. Uh, I know where we'll start. Okay. Look, I got to, I mean, I think that where you are sitting at your mother's house, you're so you're wearing. What? I, I'm not fascinated by it. You are okay. Look, you are wearing a Notre Dame quarter zip. You got some nice glasses on. You look, you look happy as hell to be at your mom's house. You look, you look happy. Brady. This is this is the first time I was telling Billy this um, before the show started. This is the first time I've actually got to celebrate a Thanksgiving with my family, and I can't remember it's been so long. Probably, so probably think- since like high school, right? Well, even high school, like we played the state playoffs um, right, in, my, in my junior year. So you're, like, you're missing it then because you're preparing for a, a state championship game. Um, college, obviously, we're always in the West Coast, either at USC or Stanford or Notre Dame. You got in the NFL, you're always still playing. You're still in the you know, middle of the regular season. 
And then once I got into broadcasting, like I was out calling a lot of times the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State, which is usually on Friday. So I'd have to travel out Wednesday or Thursday on Thanksgiving. It's actually so. a highlight of my Friday evening on every Thanksgiving is getting to hear you call it. And then I could text Dude, you. I, I love that rivalry. It is one of the low-key best rivalries. Um, I, I just they always play each other tough for the most part. It's uh there's a it's lot of like, weird and wacky forth. and west coasty. Kind of, but like and by the way, Seattle, like Washington Stadium, Husky Stadium, it's the best venue to call a game you've ever you've been to. It's so majestic how pretty it is. So that it's good football. Um by the way, it's like chippy. Like back when Leach was there and I was calling games and Jimmy Lake was the defensive coordinator, he would like talk trash post game. And he'd be like, Well, he's like another dub. Like, what do you expect? Oh, he's I remember like, that game. Yeah. Like, they, they don't they don't change what they do. We just keep dropping it in the coverage. They keep throwing us the football. He's like, What do you expect every year? Like, I was I was sitting there listening, like, oh my God, he's literally going off on Mike Leach, the entire like air raid system and all of this. It's amazing. Um so if you're not if you're not watching this on YouTube and youtube.com slash pick six, you can go and watch it. Like I'm just saying that your setup, it just it just looks like it, it's so there's a Browns helmet behind you. There's a picture of you throwing a football, like a big picture of you, like a um, you know, there's a and you didn't win the Heisman. Did you win the Heisman? No, I won the Maxwell, which is like another player of the year award. Right, right, but that's that's what's behind you is your Maxwell award trophy, right? Uh yeah, that that one's there. Excuse me. Uh there's a Johnny United somewhere back there, some helmets and right. stuff. Like yeah. it, but it's like I was kind of messing with you, but like it is really really cool. Like it's it looks like it's it looks like our, our this entire room is is decorated with some Notre Dame stuff, some like uh, football stuff. Uh it's really like a a, a shrine. It's no, no, it's not to me. It's like all of our family athletics. So, like yeah. my little sister, her soccer stuff is up. Uh, my my brother in law is Jack Johnson and AJ Hawk. They have some stuff up. Um, and then you've got like some of my my family, like dating back to the fifties, like where my grandfather, where he played high school, some high school photos. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool room, but it's like all. It's kind of all of our family sports. It's so really I had the right read on the room, but the shrine joke just didn't land. Especially. Yeah, the shrine joke didn't really hit. No. Yeah. No. See, um, unfortunately for us, uh, actually, all the athletes in my family sort of petered out about two generations ago. Uh, my, uh, my grandfather was a really good golfer and football player, uh, and his brother is actually in the Davidson uh, Sports Hall of Fame. But wow, okay. After that, really sort of goes downhill it's until until out. until the the boulder uh, ends up being a little tiny pebble at the bottom of the hill, and then it's me. Okay. Well, so at least you're there. You know, you're there. You're yeah. present. But we, we do have um, – my mom has sort of the same room that, like, that you've got right there. Uh, it's mostly like third place uh, swimming swim meet ribbons. And and um, and then I think like there's like a, a duck I shot once. This there is you go. Yeah. I wish I was all chess player. Yeah. I really yeah, want that, to be that's, Billy's giving you too much credit there. Like yeah, you, no, you're there's, smarter there's, than that. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding though. No. Um, it's a great checkers player. But I really, I just, I like the whole vibe of that room. And I think, I think you, I think you look happy to be there and you're going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Thank so you. that's Thank so you. Thanks everybody for coming. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Zach Wilson benched. This is, this is, this is surprising to me. Is this not surprising to you? I, it is surprising to me. Okay. Let me ask you this. I, uh, we talk, Wilson and Breach and um, I think Sully too have been kind of banging the table to bench Zach Wilson for the last few weeks. And, and my whole thing is like, look, he's, his, he's in his second year. He's, yeah. he's, you have to give him the reps to find out if he's the guy. You're, right. He's five and two. He hadn't played great, of course, but his two, the two ugly losses are against the Patriots 
And Bill Belichick, I how much what percentage of the benching do you think is related to his very uh, tone deaf comment, the no after the after the game on Sunday? For starters, we need to we need to like check ourselves with a win loss record. Okay, they're five sure. and two in large part not because of anything he's done. Okay, sure. um, that's the reality. So if you want to be like ah oh, the two losses of the Patriots, that's just it's like hold on a second. He hasn't played well. Like he has not looked good at bad. all this season. He's been bad. Uh, no matter what metric statistic you go to, he's not played well. So that's I forget the win loss record. Like all the Jets fans and the Joe Schmoes who point that out. I'm like. You're, you're missing it then because they've been led by their defense, their ground game, and they've played in their 10 games. For those 10 games, they played a backup. So, so go back through those wins and look at who they've beat, where a backup started, where a backup has played. Uh, Pittsburgh, for example, be one of them. And I know they've got some good wins. Like you say, oh, they beat Josh Allen. They beat Aaron Rodgers. That's right. You, you, you can't refute that, take that away. But there's also the reality of the fact that those two teams played awful in that particular game. And there's some other things that happen in those games where you're going, that usually doesn't happen. Uh, the once, once every, once every uh, 20 year thing with the Browns and the, and Joe Flacco. I mean, come on. Right. So my, my whole thing is I am, I'm more surprised by the fact that he got benched in part because you could say it's, Oh, he upset the locker room with his comments, not taking the more responsibility and accountability. But to your point, he's 23 years old. He's in his second year playing. Now, this is, this is like doubling down on a mistake. To sit there and, and look at how he handled the media after the game, that's a moment where you address it with the team. You have him address the team and say, hey, look, that's all. this is on me. Like, I've created a distraction. I should have been more accountable and responsible for how poorly I'm playing. It's on me. I'm a young player in this league. I'm still growing as a player, as a person. Like, know that, like, you're, you're not going to get that again from me. I'm going to be more accountable for how I play moving forward. I mean, that's the reality of it. Like, I played a lot of bad football at the NFL. I never once tried to point fingers at anyone else. I always took accountability for it. And that's part of being a leader. And, and the hard thing is, is if you can't take the good with the bad, you're probably not going to be in that position very long. And because eventually you're going to have to take those lumps, you have to battle through adversity. I, I think they're pulling the rug from out underneath them way too soon. They need to let him play the rest of the season. I don't know what will happen after this week if Mike White wins and plays well. I mean, he should be looking at his chops playing against the Bears' defense. I mean, they're, they're actually that's, decent. That's the other thing. Defense. They're, bad run, they're bad stopping the run. So they, they should be able to have success this week. Um, so, like, and again, like, I understand if, if, if Robert Solomon met with his defensive players, and this is, this is, just my, this is my assumption, and, I, and it could be wrong, but I, I feel like what happened is he met with those defensive captains or you know, the key leaders in the defensive side of the room or maybe just the, the captains and whoever it is, and everybody was sort of like, yeah, the vibe's not real great right now on it. And he's, so he decided to go with Mike White um, and to sort of end the distraction there. I, I don't like the fact that this team just played the Patriots twice and the Bills and the Broncos the week before that. So you have four games, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Patriots. Those are three of the top ten easily defenses in the league and probably top five based on which metric you want to look at. And then you yank him out of there and you put Mike White in against the Bears, who are a terrible defense. Like, I think that's – it's sort of it's, – it's sort of like when you, know, you, fire, you fire Frank Reich and then you got the Raiders on deck. Like, well, it's not even that. You fire Frank Reich, and then you put Matt Ryan back in, who gives you the well, best chance right, to exactly. win. It's just, it's just you're just you're. I think it's I think it's misguided in the sense that they are setting 
they're setting it up where I don't think he's doing this intentionally. It it leads me to think that there's this has been weighing on the shoulders of guys for a while. Mm. Like, like, like that's what this decision means to me is they've seen some immaturities from him. They haven't seen the growth from him that they'd like to see. And there's some players that feel like he's rubbing the wrong way, you know, as far as how he's conducted himself, probably even before the season. Like I had said this back and we were initially started talking about the jets and they started having some success and, and the whole MILF thing, like, oh, cool, he's hooking up with, like, you know, players' moms or Jets fans' moms. Okay, it was, cool. It was, his, it was his mom's friend, I think. but Whatever. Yeah, Jets fans' moms. Whatever. It's all, mom. it's all it the same. Yeah, someone's mom. The My reality mom is like – to... Yeah. But the reality is, like, that's all cool and fun, and it's, like, great to joke about. And then the second you start not playing well, not having success, now they use it against you. And it's it's one of those things where, like, it was cool, it was fun to talk about, and now it's just another thing you make fun of in regards to the Jets quarterback. We talked about so, this in the offseason. It was like, yeah. I, I mean, I remember, I don't know if it was with you. I mean, I know we talked, I'm sure we, I'm sure we talked about that. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, that's something you and I would talk about. But like, I definitely remember talking, I think it was maybe Sully. And it was sort of like, if it's like, this is hilarious, but if he's playing poorly, it will 100% be used against him. And that is just, that's just the nature of the business. And it's unfortunate. And um, yeah, so I like, I don't well, know. There, here's the thing that bothers me the most, though, is like when you hear the comments of Booger McFarlane. I know you and I had a text conversation about all this, so you can kind of set it up and we can kind of go from there. Well, I mean, Booger McFarlane came out and basically said that Zach Wilson can't be accountable because he comes from a, a well-to-do family with money, which is uh, Steve Young tried to call it outrageous, and Booger kind of walked him down, like put him back in the. Well, like, first off, like, hold on. It's, it's an it, outrageous statement. It is an outrageous statement. It's outrageous for the fact of the hypocrisy. Like, so Booger McFarlane didn't make any money or gets paid seven figures where he, like his kids aren't growing up in a privileged lifestyle. Like, I, I don't know how you can say that and get away with it. Although I do find it entertaining uh, in part because like, I remember when Matt Stafford was drafted and he was drafted, what, number two overall, I believe. He's, he's, draft. he's first overall. In first overall. You know what people just thought? They're like, well, you don't have to worry about him blowing the money because he comes from a lot of money. So that it's not, I was like, okay, for starters, why does know, one way or another, so like, why are we people, talking about this? First yeah. of all, I know so many rich people who have blown through so much money. But even the fact that someone would say that, like, like I guess, because then you can use the exact same argument and go, oh, well, I, well, so what do you expect when someone doesn't have money and they get a bunch of money? You expect them to blow through it too? Like, I just, the, the entire argument is so stupid. And it varies depending on the individual and so many other things outside of like how they grew up, but it probably more so just the, the hypocrisy of it. Like Booger McFarland's kids haven't grown up in a, you know, a wealthy environment because he's, he made money. He was a successful football player and has been a successful broadcast. Like that's where I was like, wait, wait a second. What? Like, what's, what's he saying right now? Yeah. Um, did, um, by, I, by the way, just, just really quickly on this, did, did you, um, I didn't remember this. I don't know if you did. Do you remember the beef that Phil Sims and Steve Young had back in 2005? I was in college then. So yeah, yeah, I, I was. This. Me too. Um, unexpectedly, still in college, but in college, it was, it was a victory lap. Victory right. lap. Yeah, second victory lap. Uh, the, uh, so um, Steve Young it was on Monday night. F- he's on. No, he's on. Uh, um, okay, so he was on Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN. And questioned basically Chris Sims' toughness. He's like, 
his dad was one of the greatest at being tough and handling all the, this is like, again, like 17 years ago, but it, it's amazing. I worry that he grew up in a much different atmosphere, laissez-faire kind of atmosphere, and I worry that he didn't have the mental toughness to deal with the information overload that comes to the NFL. Until I see that week after week, like last week, I'm still not a believer. So Phil, our colleague, Phil Sims, who I think is like one of the most underrated, hilarious guys on the planet, um, is doing a is doing a, a media thing before the Thanksgiving game. And he says, he goes, uh, he said, you know, Steve, follow football more than one day a week, and you might know some of these answers. And then proceeded to go, that's fantasy football talk. There's one thing I know my son doesn't lack is toughness. He didn't grow up in a laissez-faire atmosphere. Far from it. Come to my house, live with me, and let's see how laissez-faire it is. I don't know how Steve Young lives his life, but I don't live mine that way, and I don't raise my kids that way. You can say whatever you want about my son, but one thing that will get me mad, and I'll stand in your face about it, is about toughness. Who the hell could be tougher than him physically or what he endures? Um, and then, and then the, the, the article ends, Young said he called Phil Sims and left a message. I'd let Phil Sims raise my own kids, Young said. It's like basically. Did Chris Sims play through like a ruptured uh, spleen? A spleen, yeah. I was like, yeah. by the way, so I spent half a season with Matt Sims, which is you know one of Phil's children, one of Chris's younger brother. Kids tough, hardworking, never complained about anything. Just like it was there early, stayed late. Like I, I love that kid. Like I honestly, like to this day, like he, you know, him and Chris both, like. Far from whatever you know, people think, and, and it's and, and then again to that. That's the stereotype. To that point, though, like we don't say that about Arch Manning, right? Just because he grows up within the Manning family, like we actually look at it as a plus. Or Peyton or Eli, yeah, like like because they grew up under Archie. Like we look at that as oh no, they're gonna have the great tutelage and all that. So it, it was it was one of the dumbest things I've heard on air. And that's saying something because Booger was on Monday Night Football and he said a lot of dumb stuff during that period of time. So <laughs> I, I just I don't know why he took that shot. I do understand why Steve Young defended him too. I mean, in part, he's a BYU kid. You know, he probably knows through those connections and, and wanted to defend him, but kind of rightfully so. I just thought it had not and, and by the way, the interesting thing was Booger like came out on Ross Tucker's podcast. And like defended himself as an analyst and, and all this stuff and how he's got to analyze this. That's like, okay, well, you just contradicted what you just said. Because as an analyst, you're supposed to be analyzing what's on the field. Right. Last time I checked, you don't have like a doctorate or you're not a doctor in understanding like the, the sociology, know, uh, sociology, like relationship or the parenting or anything else yeah. that goes along with that. Yeah, you want to analyze that. So yeah, it's just like, it was a bizarre deal. Like for instance, like I mean, I, I'm not going to say that like I had like a like a hard upbringing or anything like that. But my dad is a tough mf'er, man. Like my dad, Bob Brinson, don't take crap. He doesn't take crap from anybody, and he you don't cross him. Like if when you like when you're one of his kids, like I mean, you don't want to do it. And I would guess that Chopper Quinn kind of similar. Like he's not like he's a loving father. And he provided well for you, but if you if you messed up and you did something like it's not like a like we're not like prancing around like I know everybody it's like oh Brinson prancing around with the oysters at the like no like yeah we you know but like I mean my dad I would guess it I, I think I think it's just unfair to stereotype somebody coming from an environment just because like 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 we don't know what Zach Wilson's life was growing like growing up yeah no I, again it's it just. There's not more much to be said about it. I'm 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 surprised. The, the interesting thing is like no one at ESPN was like, "Hey, booger, maybe you shouldn't have said that, huh?" Like maybe punt the brakes on all RG3's that. RG3's face. RG RG3 was like, "No, well, RG3's face kind of said it all." I was like, "Okay, like is this really happening right now?" So yeah. uh, good for him, by the way, of not hiding it. There's times when I I sit on the desk and I'm just like, mm. or there's times when you want to be like, and that was a moment where I was glad he kind of displayed his emotion back because you could tell you. <laughs> 
you know, hitting the grid and go along with it. You you can get gift pretty quickly if you're like, yeah, that's the other thing, especially in today's. You gotta be careful about that. Anyway, uh, ranting about poor Zach Wilson. Zach, look, Zach hey, Wilson. What's, what's up with everyone wanting OBJ? It, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, like I mean, if you go back to last season, what was he averaging? Like three or four catches a game. People thought it was kind of a dumb trade at, at first for a while. Right. But I'm just saying, like, I, I guess if you're the Cowboys, because they've been the most vocal about it. I mean, the Twitter accounts like tweeting at him and saying balls in his court. And you're looking at it going, okay, but like what, what what's he gonna bring to the table? Is he gonna be a, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be better than CeeDee Lamb. So at best he'll be what a number two receiver option and maybe ahead of Michael Gallup. But I look at it and I just kind of go, he's not gonna play special teams. Here, so he's here's, gonna take up a roster spot there. Here, here's what he averaged in his eight regular season games with the Rams last year after being traded from uh, Cleveland at week 10. 3.4 catches, 38.1 yards per game. He actually had five touchdowns, which is kind of crazy. But, like, he, he'll he help, but he's not going to, like, take this no, team. No, and, and by the way, if you look at their roster, the construct of the roster, they only have, like, five receivers. One of them is Turpin. He's going to be a returner for you. You've got obviously CeeDee Lamb and then Michael Gallup, your starters, and Noah Brown, who plays well and also plays special teams. And then the fourth, uh, the, the number four guy, he's slipping my mind right now. But the whole point is, like, where's he going to fit in there? Like, if he's, if he's coming on active. Yeah, there you go. Jalen Tolbert, they're my draft pick this year from South Alabama, which, again, special teams player and all that. If he's going to enter the roster, like, he's just coming there for what, three catches a game? 30 yards? I mean, it just seems like it's a lot. And, and I don't know what you're looking at to compensate him. I mean, he's, he's getting up there in age. What is he, 30 now? 29, uh, somewhere there? He and is, I got it right here. Hold on. He is uh, 30. He actually just turned 30 18 days ago. There you go. So, you know, you probably guess his best days are behind him. And, you know, outside of bringing a guy who's capable at times of making the clutch play and doing all that, I just, I kind of look at it and go, I don't know where this is going to go. But it, it's weird that Dallas is so dead set with the mojo they've got going right now, beating the crap out of Minnesota. They'd want to try to add something to the mix. I don't think they need it. Uh, where would you slot Dallas and San Francisco? Oh, man. Right after Philly. So you wouldn't put either ahead of Philly, right? Not not yet. I think Philly deserves respect for what they've accomplished so far this year. And especially, like, Sue and Linval Joseph just got there, along with Robert Quinn. Let's see how that kind of works out. Yeah. I mean, they, did, they, did, they did hold Indy to less than 100 yards, I think, rushing this past week. So if their rush defense improves the way it probably should with those two guys, then yeah, I think you look at them a little different. Still at the top of that that conference. I mean, uh, but I put them I put them both ahead of Minnesota, who still has a good record. Uh, yeah, no doubt. When you look, I said when I, I was I was just making this argument, not an argument, but just sort of making this point um, earlier. I, I can't remember what day it was. Maybe Monday, Tuesday. I hate the Thanksgiving week schedule. I love Thanksgiving. Hate the schedule. Um, I think, man, you can make the case that like, like six. Maybe seven, if you really wanted to reach teams in the NFC, could get like get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think I think there's a there's a lot of teams that are, and the crazy thing is, like outside of Tampa, who I think is probably one of those teams for you. Oh, and that's because they play, and they play in such a bad division, which probably helps their case. But you're not including Green Bay in that. Nope. You're you're including Tampa in that, uh, which they haven't been great. If they're in a different division, probably not the same outcome. But sure. I would assume you're saying San Francisco. Oh, yeah. um, obviously Philly, probably Minnesota, Dallas, who after that? Cause those are four. Yeah. You got to, you got, five. you got five. The one you would, the one that you could add maybe like Seattle. 
I mean, it's just like, it's just so wide open. Like if Seattle beat Philly, I mean, that wouldn't be that crazy. Like, I mean, it could just, you know, it, it, like I think it's so different from the AFC where I just have a hard time seeing anybody but Kansas City or Buffalo getting through right now. Or don't get me wrong. It, it could happen, of course. Like the Patriots and the Ravens and the Titans, the Dolphins. I mean, like, the, it, I, I, think, I think you make the case that like any of like take 12 teams in any Super Bowl matchup that you pick from those 12 teams wouldn't be that insane if it actually ended up happening. Yeah, no, it would be. I mean, I think the hard thing in predicting right now is like, who is that seventh team that makes it as a wild card team? Because I think you look at Dallas and Philly in the East, there, there's two, whoever ends up winning the division, all that. Seattle, San Francisco in the West, you know, there's four teams right there. Tampa in the South, Minnesota in the North, that's six. Who's the seventh? Like, I, that's what I think is up for grabs right now. I think the Giants, and and uh, you can go read it on CBSports.com. Tyler Sullivan wrote about this, but like the injuries and just sort of the fact they've been, you know, they've been not skating by on like magic, but like Brian Dibble's done such a great job of coaching them up. And, you know, Daniel Jones has been not making mistakes, but what if he, you know, he started to make them last week? It, it just feels like maybe that's a, a pumpkin Cinderella situation. They're definitely one. Uh, you kind of worry down the stretch. They start playing divisional games, right? You're a 10 point underdog to Dallas on Thanksgiving. You're not expected to win that game. So we'll see what happens. But um, like the Washington Commanders are an interesting team to kind of find their way like into it in that seven spot. Uh, I believe if the, the playoffs started today, would they be in? Uh, no, they're the eight seed. It would be so the eight. Okay, but they're they're right there. Um, Seattle. If the playoffs were today, be Seattle at Minnesota, the Giants at San Francisco, and Dallas at Tampa Bay. Which is, I mean, if you're Dallas, you're like, are you effing kidding me? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the draw we got. Um, I think Washington is really intriguing. Detroit. Well, is, I mean, like Chase Young hasn't had any impact. He hasn't been back yet. Yep. And imagine if he lines up on that defense, he can have the impact they're hoping he's going to have. Now, the, the only problem is you look at that team, and I think most people look and say, you kind of have a ceiling offensively. Like, you need your defense to can sustain at a high level in order to be able to get there. But um, All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will discuss whether or not Big Turkey has infiltrated this country and for how long it's happened. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, um, let's see, look, did we have fun on this podcast? Yeah. Thanks, so let me ask you this, because this is what a buddy said to me, okay? okay. He goes, the ham guy on Thanksgiving. And I literally looked at him, I go, I didn't think that was even possible. Like, I didn't think that was an option on Thanksgiving. It's usually turkey, 
and then you can save ham for something else. But he's like, no, I like ham. I feel like it's a little more consistent than that. That's what I can do. I would. I think I don't want to be friends with him anymore. Now because really, whoa, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, my family does not eat. Actually, we have turkey. I guess we have turkey inside. We 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 do. I do oysters on Thanksgiving. I don't even know what to say right now. I know. Um, so, I think Boogie McFarlane would have some things to say to you right now. If you, I know he would. Guys. He would. Yeah, he would t- say that I, I have no accountability. I'm sure. Um. So, we used to go down to Jacksonville, Florida, for my mom's family's. And there would be a huge potluck style thing where like a hundred people would bring dishes. And we had, I mean, like turkey. You know, like every everything, like the full spread. Um. So I'm fine with turkey. I, I don't think that like the pilgrims are cooking turkeys though. Turkey is the first, one of the first things I ever shot when I went hunting it was a sure. wild turkey. Yeah. It's, yeah we I just, I'll, I'll never forget the way that thing like literally blew up in a bunch of feathers. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll leave it there and see if anything else comes out. It comes after to get it. But no, so, all right, so ham is big here too, though. In fact, um, down on six forks road, which is right down yeah. here. There's a, you don't know. <laughs> there's a honey baked ham. I don't know six forks. Who doesn't know six forks? Right. It's uh, just north of North Hills, naturally. Um, yeah. So your high point during no 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 this is in Raleigh during oh, during yeah. during Thanksgiving and Christmas the week of Thanksgiving the week of Christmas they have to put a sign up like a like a Department of Transportation giant sign that says ham pickup no left turn allowed because so many people are going in to the honey baked ham to get their friggin' hams that it clogs up traffic because everybody tries to take a left turn and it completely blocks the road down and locks it locks it in a complete gridlock and this That's is when. This is like right now. I passed it like yesterday. It's crazy to me though. Like I, I'm just not like a Thanksgiving ham guy. It's got to be turkey. Like I'm sorry, if it's not turkey, there's something wrong. So I, I think maybe, I think maybe the argument for the ham is to your palace. Whoever said it, the consistency is interesting because like turkey. I mean, dude, you can screw up a turkey. Like you can. Yes, you can. You can overcook a turkey pretty quick. Yes, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the deep fry. We deep fried a turkey at um Ooh, at a tailgate the other day. I we actually because we were playing um. Yeah, who are we playing? Oh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, so we got we got to sacrifice the turkey to the uh, the football gods. It's a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, because the Hokies. I uh, actually convinced a lot of people that we were deep frying a live turkey, which is insane because one, they have like it, like feathers. Two, that's sadistic, and then three, like they have innards. Like you can't, you have to. Like it has to be all cleaned and everything. Like it's not. Wait, I was just, I was just gonna say, and plus, like as soon as it dies, it's gonna exit its bowels. Oh, dude. You have crap in that deep fryer. That's what oh, you have. It would be the most disgusting, foul-smelling thing on the planet. Oh, so, without a doubt. But, like, this goes back to my point about the pilgrims. I mean, man, cooking a turkey is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, yeah. Sure, what, a they, quail? They, but they had a lot more time on their hands. They didn't have, you know, YouTube. <laughs> they didn't, have, they didn't have apps and cell phones and stuff. So they probably nice didn't look at it. It was just part of their life. They are like, hey, we've got to make a turkey today. It's that day, you know? Have you ever been to a uh, molasses uh, stewing? No, I have no idea why. I, I have right no, cell phones not allowed. Okay, you, just, you sit around and let the molasses stew. Okay, favorite side dish. You gotta give me one. I mean, it's. I mean, if I say stuffing, you're gonna be annoyed. No, it counts. Okay, okay. I, I think so. so I, I would say that like I get like amped up about some green bean casserole. Green bean cat. Any casserole is legit. Corn, yeah. you know, cream corn casserole, sweet oh. bean casserole, sweet potato mash. You do sweet potato mash right. Love sweet that potato. to me is the best. Do you put brown sugar on top? Got to. I mean, how have can you to. not? Have to. Okay. okay. And then last question before we move on. Pie. 
What, what's the what's the best Thanksgiving pie? I mean, it's obviously pumpkin pie. Okay, thank you. All right, I would do pecan though too. I think that's acceptable. Oh, pecan is fine. See, uh, apple. At least an apple. That's fine big, too. I'm, I'm not a big like baked fruit guy. Like, yeah, I do blueberry. That's about it. I, like I'll do like I'll, I'll do like a um like a like a uh, a chocolate like a like a you know nice um like sort of like same consistency as the pumpkin pie like a chocolate right. mousse pie or whatever it is that's fine too okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah my my um my grandmother rest in peace Josh used to make delicious pumpkin pie and the best freaking chocolate chip. No, I mean, Susan actually made the chocolate chip cookies and brought them down there but like that would be yeah there were fond memories of those oh yeah like, well we, yeah. we would always drive down to Jacksonville. I was telling Sully this, like we would drive down, like one of my favorite things, um, we drive to Jacksonville on like Wednesday morning. I mean, you gotta be, you're out the door at 5 a.m. Bob Brinson, you, you, it's 5.15, buddy, you're, you're climbing the car in your PJs and you're wearing your PJs the whole way down to Jacksonville. Tough, tough crap, pal. Um, like I said, um, drive down to Jacksonville, get down there, go to this big family thing on Thursday, come back, and then everyone would be like, we're gonna go see a movie. And me and my grandfather would be like, no, we're gonna watch football. And we would just sit there, there and like, he would sit in his chair, and I would sit on the couch, and we would start watching like football. I, mean, I remember there were like Dominic and Sue stomped uh, Josh Sitton's face, yeah, 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 yeah or whatever it was. But like we would, we would both like we would get there for the end of the the early game, and then we would both be asleep by like the end of the fourth uh, first quarter, of the, like this the second game. It's just I just have a fond memory of sitting in that living room. All right, let's get to it then, because we got three matchups Thursday for Thanksgiving. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, Vikings. I'm not. We're not going to break them down so much. I just want to ask you this. I feel like each game you can make the case which team needs it more. So I'll ask you this: Which team of those three games needs it more in, in each of those games? You say you're asking me of, of each of the three who needs. Yeah, it more? like for example, I would make the case that Lions are on a three game win streak. They're playing really well right now. I don't think you'd want to lose momentum. You're playing at home, right? As but almost still, a double the Bills need it more. Bills need it more. The Bills need it more. Like, I would make the case, too, the Bills need it more for the way they played and looked. Like, I don't even think they need to just win. I think they need to, like, win and cover and, like, remind people of how good they can be. So that, that's how I'd look at that one. But I also think you could make the case, like, if you're, if you're Dan Campbell and you're trying to, like, set a press in her tone, like, you're four and six right now. I also think if you're trying to convince ownership, like, hey, like, what I'm building is for real, you knock off a team like the Bills at home who hasn't been playing great. On Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving, like, and no one's going to forget that. Like, people are going to question Buffalo the rest of the year, but no one's going to forget that. That might be, like, your job security for oh. at least to next year. Like, there's oh, no oh. doubts you're, you're, you're saying. I think he's almost, like, there already with the three-game win streak just because it's been since 2017. You'd you be say real. that, but, like, what happens if you lose out? Of course. Four thirteen record sounds a lot different when you're sitting there at four and six. Especially when you lose, like, seven games in a row. It's not, not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you knock off the Bills here – one, you're like, you're like, look, this the culture's working, the defense is coming together. We did it. Jamal Williams, like leading the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, How'd that happened. Shout out to uh, Evan Silva of established a run. He has he bet at 150 to one before the season. Um, Aline McNeil, a monster. He's been most underrated. Aiden Hutchinson's been ad you know as advertised. Yes, I think Jacksonville regrets that pick. By the way. Like they overthought it. They're like, no, Trevon Walker, way more upside. You're like, Aiden Hutchinson is pretty good. I just think, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the GM for the, uh, who's the Jags GM? Jeez. It's not Caldwell. God, that was the old one. Um, no, it's uh, the guy uh, from San Francisco. Why well, can't yeah. I think of his name? He would never draft Jim Harbaugh's guy. That's true. Yeah. I'm not a little falling out there. Okay. Giants, Cowboys. 
Uh, Giants need a lot more. I kind of feel like Balky. Jeez, Louise, what's wrong with me? Trent Balky, there you go. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, I feel like needed more because as well as they're playing right now, they could maybe make a run for the number one overall seed. Absolutely, absolutely. So I actually would make the case that it's a huge divisional game for that. The context of that, but also I don't think you can afford to go much less than I don't know. I mean, thirteen and four. If you want to, like, like for sure, say we're going to have that number one overall seed because Philly's schedule is weak the rest of the way. Yeah, Philly is a very easy schedule the whole season. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I find with that. I think the Giants need it more in the sense that, like, a loss here, and they're, they're you, see, you start to see the playoff hope slip away. But if they don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. No, it's Brian Dable's first year. They've already yeah. had a great story so far. And by yeah. the way. Even if they lose this one, I don't know. I think you like you're still in the hunt for the wild card. Like, yeah, yes. Washington's Washington's gonna be another team about who else? Who else are you concerned about? The Packers are four and seven. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you lose a string of games from here, but I don't know. I, I think this is one that that it's not they need to win. I think Dallas might need to win this one in order to have any shot of the number one overall seed. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good argument. I like that. Um I'm just really quickly. So they're at the you know, the Giants did just get rolled by the lions which is not a great look um at the cowboys commanders eagles at commanders at vikings colts at eagles i see the only i mean that's the only thing is like is nine wins gonna definitely get you in the playoffs in the nfc i think in the nfc depending on who those wins are against right you gotta win the right nine games and so divisional games those are being paramount but really just versus washington that's gonna be the first thing yeah that's that's right if you if you if you sweep washington you're in the playoffs if you're the giants right yeah, I mean, at this point, the way that the NFC playoff picture looks, like you would be definitively in. Well, given that, then I think your case is correct that the that the Cowboys need it more. Um, oh right, my God! And, and by the way, is this? I mean, I don't know if you heard, but um, Odell Beckham is a free agent. Yeah, and uh, is is it a case that whoever wins this is the Odell Beckham Bowl? Whoever wins this game gets it's a sign. Uh, you, you can make the case. You can make the case that the Giants need him more. The Giants need him more, yes. Right. Especially with, like Wondell Robinson just tears his ACL, right? Awful. Yeah. Such a good player. Yeah. Trading Canaries turning. Trading Sterling Shepherds here. Like, there's, you know, Galdi hasn't been what they thought. Kenny Galdi's wandering around the hallways of MetLife Stadium, haunting people. Like, so, I think, I, by the way, like, Odell would love to be back in New York, I'm sure. I, I bet he looks back on that and was like, what was I doing? Like, yep. I wish I could have made that work for the long term. Uh, All right. Minnesota, New England. This is the hard one. I think it's maybe Minnesota. Oh, where? no, I think it's New England. Like you look at the AFC East, you can't afford to drop many games. And I, the AFC wildcard picture is way crazier. So I just, I think you can't afford to drop many games. And this is not one that you're picked to win, but it's a lot lower of a number than I thought it would be as far as what Minnesota is giving right now. The the Vikings have a much, much easier schedule coming. I mean, they, like, they have the Lions left. Um, so they're at they have the Jets, which we all know is not a freebie. Um, at the Lions, Colts at home, Giants at home, at the Packers, at the Bears. Yeah, you're right. It's the it's the Patriots. Like, it's I, the I, Patriots like, I do feel like if like Kirk Cousins looks really bad and Belichick pressures him a ton, that there's gonna be a little increasing buzz, like, yeah, maybe this is a little bit of a fraudulent team with the wins and the can't play anybody that provides any pressure whatsoever. But yes, in, in terms of the Patriots, yeah, the Vikings are in the playoffs. Like that's it's it's a done deal, right? Well, two more wins, and you say definitively, yeah. But 
you'd have to think that they are in purely because of their their record within the division, right? I mean, they're four games up on Detroit in the division. Like that would be an. Epic. I mean, I get, I, they, they've got a seal versus Green Bay in Week 17, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. So yeah, but. I do think there would be chatter about Kirk Cousins if, if he stinks against a, a defense that provides pressure. However, to your point, yes, New England, man, it would go a lot like, not that anybody's questioning Bill Belichick's bona fides, but the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick stuff has gotten, it, it's 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 tampered down now that Tom Brady's five and five. Right. If, if the Bucs were undefeated and rolling, like it would be, it would be it, it's just, it's it's been present, you know, with Brady's success and Belichick's lack of success. So, um, Making the playoffs and making sort of a playoff run would be a big deal for Belichick. And, you know, you have teams like the Jets and the Chargers and the Colts at least lingering there. That could yeah, You can make the case, too, for either quarterback. It's huge in the context of, like, yeah. for the Vikings to finally get a top the NFC North and for Kirk Cousins, but also for Mac Jones. Like, to him try to solidify himself as a start in New England yes. as the guy. I mean, like, we forget a few weeks ago they were rooting for Bailey Zappi to come in there and be the guy. Remember that? Um, it feels like a million years ago. Let's uh, let's just bring this thing full circle. Um, okay. Back to the Jets quickly. Jimmy Garoppolo's a free agent after the season. I know this has been thrown out there, but it makes a ton of sense, right? Like yeah. if you're done with Zach Wilson, that's who you sign, bring in. He knows the system because of Lafleur there as their OC. It, they're basically the San Francisco 49ers of the East Coast. If you yeah. look at their construct, right? And that's how I see it when I break it down. I mean, like, they have, that's they have, they have a Lafleur. They have a former DC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They run well, the and, and, you, and you look at their defense, the way they play, how they're constructed, yeah. and the fact they can run. Once their line's back healthy, they're going to run the crap out of the football. Yep. And, and they kind of look at that. Too. And you go, Brees Hall was running the ball really well. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I Sorry. think they're a, they they're trying to build what San Francisco is on the on the East Coast. So yeah, like if. But that's probably the one thing where if you look at it and you go, all right, how does this benching make sense? Because in reality, you got to see what you have in Zach Wilson. But even if they stunk, let's say they lost out, right? So they finished the season 6-11. and 11. It would actually be better for them so yes. they have a higher draft position. Right now they draft 18th, I believe, in next year's draft, which you're not replacing him with a quarterback at that point and probably not as much of an impactful player. Right. Um. That is correct. I was going to look at Tankathon. I'm trying to remember. So, it, it, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. A good spot. Yeah, um, you cut out for a brief second there. Sorry. Uh, it, no, it's probably the it's probably the terrible Ohio internet. You know, Ohio renowned for its terrible internet. Um, no, not at all. It's more known for people hopping the fence and stealing a golf cart and turfing the field there. First Energy. Apparently, it's known for that. Is it really? Is that? Did you do that? Yeah, it just happened this past week. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No. So you're not even up on the date and all the news, and that's what's happening in the Brown Stadium. Jimmy Haslam is conspiracy theory. He's trying to pay a guy to go hop the fence in first energy, turf the field and go, Hey, see, this is why we don't pay for grass fields anymore. We're going to turf this uh, thing to save money and run more concerts and whatnot do, here. Do you think it was, um, that is a great conspiracy theory. Do you think it was, uh, is it like it, it might've been Ryan Wilson. Ryan Wilson is big on this grass turf thing. Well, what does he want? Turf? Cause that, that's, if you're, you're, if you're grass, buying it, grass. My, well, I would want grass too, but, what stands in the way of it is if you are buying into my theory, it's that owners don't want to have to pay yeah. the money and maintenance. So they're oh. going to go have your boy, Butch. Butch is going to hop the fence. He's going to find those keys in the golf cart. And he is just going to run that thing ragged up and down first energy field. Yeah. He, Butch didn't even have to hop the fence. The fi oh, well, 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 if the fence wasn't unlocked and there's keys. Oh, in the golf cart. Look, look what my, I, look my, what my, I my, found my. here. Mama. <laughs> Yeah, I I I buy that the you're, like the premise of your conspiracy theory, which is that owners are like, dude, we make 
millions of dollars off concerts that are here and we can't do that if it's grass no grass a hundred percent why do you why do you think the nfl when everybody starts complaining about the injuries kevin seifert's all of a sudden got an article on espn.com like the injury studies uh sources provided from the nfl show that it's pretty negligible and then like two days later the ESPN, like the nflpa and the nfl release a, uh, a joint study where it's like that's right it's really just the same. It's like, well, no, everyone knows it's not the same. Like everyone right. can tell it's not the same. Anyway, uh, real quick, last thing, rivalry. I'm here in Columbus uh, for the game, Ohio State, Michigan. To me, the best rivalry there is in college football. I don't think it's even debatable. I grew up in Columbus. I'll just say this. What's the other? What would be the other option? I, I don't know. Some people say the Iron Bowl. Some people say like USC Notre Dame because it's the you know transcontinental rivalry. I was like. Dude, I always viewed Michigan as a big rivalry when I got into college just because we were like the top two for like wins yeah. uh, during that period of time. And, and, and because of proximity, like you got recruited by both or you knew a lot of the guys from both. Oh, are you um, doing, are you doing a, the big the big new kickoff for probably – Ohio State, Michigan. Oh, duh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. You, now you're putting it all together. You're putting I, it all together. Yeah, that's, oh, so that's oh. – But, but oh, you will be reminded, for example, you fly into Columbus Airport, Columbus Metropolitan Airport. They have the M X'd out on the airport. That side. is so like, great. Like, it, it's literally like you can't make it any bigger. I, I'll never forget my dad, Chopper Quinn, always speeds, always. Like, the dude, I don't think he's ever driven less than 10, 15 miles per hour with the speed limit. That checks out. He literally would drive the speed limit that week if we were ever, like, when I was getting taking visits. It might be like Michigan cops are like, well, when we were up in the state of Michigan, he's like, Ohio State plates, you're driving to Michigan. He goes, you will get pulled over, you'll get a ticket with Ohio State plates this particular week. It's Are just a serious? way of life. It's diff- dead serious. It's it's just different. It's and then vice versa. You see someone with Michigan plates in the state of Ohio during Ohio State Michigan week? Full body cavity search. Out. They're like flicking them <laughs> off. It's like, get out of here with that. You know, and I just, I don't know many other rivalries and it's hard to explain uh, to people who like don't grow up in that culture where like football is everything, right? Like Maslin, Ohio, when you're born there, you're either born with a football or pom-poms. Like that's just how it is. Football is that big. And I just, I've never seen an environment like what it's like for Ohio State, Michigan. Like there is true hatred between those two schools. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this week. I mean, I would, and so everyone should watch Brady on the big new kickoff uh, on Fox so just a regular Fox, right? Just yeah, Fox. Big Fox, Fox, Fox broadcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, with Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, Matt Liner who, who yeah. also finds it amusing that you send voice memos. Um, uh, yeah, but he's he's now he's got on on board with it. I mean, I'm on board with it now too. Like I, I sent you one out of, like without use. Like I, I don't know how you unsolicited. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're really you're a, you're a, it you're makes way more sense. It's like walkie talkies. It's fun. People need to get on that band. You're but. basically like uh, like one of the disciples. You're like a or you're, you're like Jesus of the voice memos, basically. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Probably not. Yeah, probably I, not. I do appreciate a good voice note. Yeah, I do love a good voice note too. All right, that'll do it for us. Um, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Brady, thanks for taking the time away from your family. I'm sure they're wondering what the hell you're doing back there. Uh, Chopper called. I think that's why I actually cut out for a second. Chopper <laughs> called in. So yeah, Wait, so where, where the hell are you? Well, you tell you tell everybody, your family, the Quins, that uh, we, you know, happy Thanksgiving from, from the Brinsons. Same, same to the Brinson household. I, I will pass it along. Thanks, buddy, as All always. Right. Talk to you soon. See ya.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.